Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. From the den, this is The Howl. We would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. It is time for an emergency show and the reason is, it is time to be excited, to be happy, Jimmy Butler finally gone. And everyone was ecstatic. I could not be happier. What an amazing day. I, I am so excited to bring you uh, this edition of The Howl. I just, I'm almost without words at this point. We've got a lot planned here for this emergency episode. Now, for anyone that follows us, uh, you know, since, you know, every week, uh, we do a lot of Jimmy Butler trade simulations, but the very first trade simulation that we did was literally the trade that ended up going down was uh, the Timberwolves and the Sixers. So that was a trade that, that I personally thought had a good chance of happening since the beginning. I thought Philadelphia made a ton of sense. I know a lot of people didn't agree with me, but honestly, here we are. The trade obviously made a lot of sense. Now, we're going to go over some of the more specific stuff here uh, from the uh, account of Adrian Wojnarowski, which now he was the one that broke this story, and I think that tells you a lot about why he was Jimmy Butler's mouthpiece uh, for, through a lot of this, is he was probably promised, like, look, you make me look good. We're going to throw you a bone. We're going to make sure that you guys are the ones that break this story. So Minnesota has agreed to a deal to send Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia for a package that includes Robert Covington and Dario Saric, league sources tell Zach Lowe, NBA, and me. 
not me, obviously, but uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. So I think this makes a lot of sense for both parties. I understand why Philly's doing it. For anyone that didn't watch last night's game, Philly blew a 20-plus point lead and uh, almost lost that game, actually. So I understand why they wanted to uh, improve, and so I get it from their perspective. Uh, you know, Going further, uh, Minnesota will also trade Justin Patton and acquire a second-round pick in the trade, league sources tell ESPN. Jimmy Butler and the Sixers fully expect to reach a deal on a long-term contract this summer. Sixers made a deal with plans to add Butler to a big three with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. All I'm going to say is good luck containing those three egos in one arena. But more power to them. They're obviously going to be a really talented team. Time will tell if Jimmy Butler will ruin yet another locker room. I would guess the money is on the fact that he would. Although... I do think you've got some pretty strong personalities, obviously, in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So maybe they find a way to mesh. I I guess I wouldn't be that shocked. Um, Going into this, it says Sixers and Butler aren't allowed to enter into a negotiation or agree on an extension yet. But barring physical issues or Butler failing to fit into the Embiid-Simmons dynamic, both sides are optimistic on a long-term future. Sixers would be paying a steep price for a rental. After a winless five-game road trip, that ended with the loss to Sacramento on Friday night. Tom Thibodeau had come to realization that the Wolves couldn't win with Butler in the dysfunctional environment, sources said. He told associates that Minnie wouldn't play another game with Butler. Now, for anyone that follows the Wolves, anyone that follows us, we've been saying this forever. It made no sense to keep him this long. Now, I have no issues with this deal. I absolutely love this deal. I wanted this deal from the beginning, so I'm not complaining. I have no issues whatsoever. Now, some people could definitely argue, if you wanted to, that the proposed deal that was out there of Butler going to Miami for Josh Richardson, Kelly Olynyk, and a first would have been better. But you know what? I love this deal. You're getting two players that can that, that are going to help you out right away. I'm a huge Jarvis Arch fan, and how can you not love Robert Covington? And we'll go over some of the more specifics about those players' games. Uh, but we'll go through a few more of these uh, uh, tweets here from Adrian Wojnarowski. Minnesota accomplished one of the goals it set for itself in trade talks, sending Jimmy Butler to the Eastern Conference, not a Western rival. A deal with Philadelphia made more sense for the Wolves once Miami pulled Josh Richardson out of talks. So this this obviously gives us exactly what we thought. Josh Richardson was involved in talks. He was offered, but of course uh, we turned down those offers. He goes on to say, Ownership was heavily involved in the trade talks with Philadelphia's Josh Harris and Minnesota's Glenn Taylor working closely with management on executing a deal. Sources tell Winehurst, ESPN, and me. So interesting stuff, but definitely I wouldn't say surprising, just given everything we've kind of heard. So, And it is a 2022 second-round pick, by the way, that is part of this deal. So we got to wait a little bit. But the nice thing about a 2022 second-round pick is it's always it's always it's possible that could be the year where we ha- where we have basically a double first round where you're going to get a high school class and a college class. So that's something uh, to keep in mind going forward. Jared Bayless was included in this deal, but he's just going to be bought out. He's not going to be a part of the plans for the future. So very very cool. It is a great day to be a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. By the way, a great day to be a Minnesota Timberwolves season ticket holder too because. I'm gonna, I mean, who doesn't want to go to games now? This is going to be a ton of fun to watch this team grow. Now, we can all agree we'd like Tom Thibodeau gone, and we're going to, get into, we're going to dive into that a little more as well in this emergency episode of The Howl. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl, 
and we are going over the big news that Jimmy Butler has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, let's dive into this a little more, looking specifically at the players the Wolves got. Now, this is kind of a cool thread from Twitter that I stumbled upon that, I mean, honestly, is, is, is pretty cool here. So this is from Turkey Legs, at Leg Sanity. And he actually, this was kind of directed at Wolves Twitter. Robert Covington now has five games with at least two blocks, two steals, and two threes. There have been 27 such games this season, and only one other player has more than one, and that's Kent Bazemore. Robert Covington is the 10th player to have at least four blocked shots in two-plus games so far this season. The other four are all centers. So, I mean, that really puts you into uh, some perspective just how impressive Robert Covington has been for the Philadelphia 76ers. And what, I mean, it's pretty cool what you're going to be able to get from him uh, in, in this trade. Now, on top of that, taking a look at defensive win shares, and this is, uh, this is actually fully current. So defensive win shares throughout the league, number one in the league is Robert Covington. Now, he's tied with his teammate Joel Embiid, but very impressive. Point eight. He is number one in the league. So super, super impressive. Wolves were able to get him. Now going over more specific statistics for Robert Covington, I like to use basketball reference when I'm going through statistics as opposed to NBA.com. I think, and I talked about this earlier on Twitter, but it just seems like basketball reference does a better job of matching what I'm watching on the court. So when I watch a game, sometimes NBA.com has a tendency, for example, on defensive rating to be a little higher than it should be, it seems like. And basketball reference is a little more realistic. So 101 for offensive rating, 104 defensive rating for Robert Covington. Now, we talk about how he is a 3 and D player. Now, he's 28 years old. He's actually older than I realized. For some reason, I thought he was slightly younger. But you have a nice team-friendly contract for the next three years. So this is very solid. This this works out really well for the Timberwolves. Uh, Looking at some of his uh, statistics, now 74% from the free throw line is not good. But that's also a career low. So, And it's a small sample size. You know, he's only shot 23 times. So I'm not too worried about that correcting itself long-term. But how about this? His effective field goal percentage, 56%. He's shooting 39% from three, and that's on 77 shots. So it's not exactly a small sample size. The guy's putting up threes. So this is the three and deep player the Wolves have been searching for. He's going to be able to help immediately. Now, he's not. the next closest game is going to be Monday. He's not going to be in that game. This trade's probably not going to be official until Tuesday or Wednesday once the, uh, once the physicals have gone through and everything. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But starting later next week, we'll probably start to see these players uh, on the court for the Timberwolves. Uh, so for the season, Covington's looking at his uh, – we'll go off per 36. Uh, 12 points, 1.9 blocks, 2 steals, 1.1 assists, and 5.5 rebounds. So some really solid statistics there. Moving over to the Dario Saric side of the wagon. Now, some people have talked about how he's had a little bit of a down year. You know what's great, though? He's just 24 years old. So you've got a lot to work with, and he could definitely be a part of your future going forward. I'm a, I'm a big Dario Sarge fan. I think he could end up being really good. You know, he's only shooting 30% from three this season, but now you're bringing him in. He's going to be able to work with Anthony Tolliver. You've got Taj Gibson. You have veterans in place that I think are really going to help grow his game. So on the season, 11.1 points, uh, just .2 blocks and .3 steals, but two assists. And 6.6, almost 7 rebounds per game. A lot to like about Dario Sarge's game. Again, just 24 years old. He's going to fit in nicely with this core. And I'm super excited to what he for what he brings to the table. I start to wonder 
if maybe more deals are going to take place. You wonder if Taj Gibson or Gorgie Jang, if they're going to eventually be moved. You wonder a guy that I think the Wolves should look to move would be Jeff Teague because it would be nice to fully start to embrace Tyus Jones and his tenure as hopefully the starting point guard going forward. I think he fits best, and he's been a fantastic talent. Now, this to start this season, I think Tyus Jones has struggled a bit, but now that now that Butler's gone, I just feel like everything's going to open up. And say what you want about Tom Thibodeau. I'm not a fan of his at all. I want him gone as soon as possible. But on the plus side, at least he is more openly starting to embrace the modern NBA. They are, the team's shooting three-pointers, and I appreciate at least that small step in the right direction. Now, as we are wont to do here on The Howl, again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Here on The Howl, we love to do 2K simulations, and we do love to, uh, on top of that, give away copies of 2k19 so we are going to be giving another copy of 2k19 available and we'll start right now with the keyword the keyword this week is going to be trade so when you go in to itunes make sure you leave us a rating leave us a review and in that review leave the word trade so that's going to be the the important word this week and that's going to enter you in for a chance to win a copy of 2K19 for Xbox One or PS4, which that's the hot game right now. If you have not played it, it is amazing. And now here's your chance to get the game for free. Uh, for anyone that uh, isn't aware, we already gave one of them away this week. Um, you can actually find that. We retweeted from Simple on Twitter. He received our most recent uh, giveaway of 2K19. So again, the keyword this week is going to be trade. So make sure you put that into our iTunes in a review. And now 2K19 is what we're going to jump into next. Now, we've done a lot of simulations as far as Jimmy Butler is concerned, but one of the first was, and this was on 2K18 that we did this, we did a a Philadelphia-centered trade. Now, if we start off, we've already brought up the Timberwolves. Now, what we're going to do here is we're going to do um, kind of an interesting look at, we're going to call this segment uh, Thibodeau or Thibodeau't. And the way it's going to work is we're going to do some simulations with Tom Thibodeau as the coach, with the team as it is right now. We're also going to do some simulations with the team as it is right now without Tom Thibodeau. So we're going to take a look and see just how good this team could be if we had a different coach. So that's going to be really important. But right now we're starting with the team as is, and we're going to start with looking at what it takes to get the team to look the way it is now. Are we able to make this trade within 2K on its own? So we'll jump off and we'll say, we want, to trade Jim, we want to trade Jimmy Butler. So we jump into the trade finder. Now, the Philadelphia 76ers, one of the first teams that come up, and they actually offer us Markel Fultz and J.J. Redick. Now, obviously, we're not saying yes to that trade because that's not the trade that happened. That's not the trade we're looking for. We are going to see if we can get the actual trade to go through. Now, in 2K18, when you try to trade Jimmy Butler to the 76ers, what they would offer you was, in fact, Dario Saric, and Robert Covington. So I think it's going to be a trade we're going to be able to make. Although, again, Robert Covington's had a fantastic season. So it's just going to be something to watch. So we've already added Robert Covington to the deal. Now we're going to add, look to add Dario Saric. And we'll see. Now, again, uh, part of the thing you run into is that you have to make make sure salaries match, which is why Jared Bayless uh, is included in the deal. Again, we also have to add in Justin Patton. And again, that's part of the reason why, and that's what it takes, by the way, to get the financials. So if you just took Jimmy Butler for the three players from Philadelphia, the financials do not match up. If you look at Jimmy Butler for those three 
uh, for like Robert Covington, Dario Saric, that also doesn't match up. So that's why we get to where we are at. So going to 2022, going to add that uh, second round pick that's unprotected. And it looks like, yep, and they have agreed to the deal. So 2K19 agrees with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Wolves. This is a deal they are, you know, that is worth pursuing. Now, again, we talked about how buying out is going to be key for the actual end of it, which includes Jared Bayless. In this instance, we're not going to do that. We're just going to release him to free agency. It's not like he's making a ton of money, and we're not that worried about it. So we have moved on from him. Now, again, looking at the roster as it is currently, we have Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Jeff Teague, Dario Saric, Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Gorgie Jang, Tyus Jones, Anthony Tolliver, Luol Deng, James Nunnally, Josh Akogi, Kata Bates, Diop, and we have our two two-way players, CJ Williams and Jared Terrell. So pretty solid roster going into this. Now, again, we're going to stick with this. We're going to simulate a few seasons, and this is the Thibodeau portion of the simulations that we're going to do and then after we've done a few seasons of this to see how successful the team is we move on to Thibodeau where we try to embrace a different coach and take a look and see you know what exactly uh the team can do with a different coach going through it now one thing we will do is we will have the CPU adjust the rotation as opposed to us doing it manually and the reason we do that is I want to take a look and see how they actually think this is going to shape out so if we go to coaching We've already played one game, by the way. It was a loss, unfortunately. But if we look at how they have things shaking out, they actually have it going Jeff Teague at the one, Akogi at the two, Covington at the three, Gibson at the four, Towns at the five, and they have Wiggins and Saric as your sixth and seventh man. And you also look at uh, Derek Rose is the point guard off the bench. Tyus Jones is actually not playing minutes. So he's going to be a guy we'll look to use long-term. Hopefully in the offseason we can look to move Jeff Teague and actually what we're probably going to do in this simulation is we're going to look to see what would happen if we try to move Jeff Teague at the trade deadline because I think you could maybe get a decent offer now he's got the player option for next year but you never know there could be a team that thinks that he's that missing piece that could really help them out in terms of scoring because let's be honest Jeff Teague's not coming into your team to bring you defense just not happening so we will simulate up until the All-Star break around that trade deadline, and we'll take a look at the roster, see how the team is doing, and then we'll possibly look to trade Jeff Teague. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl. All right, so we took a stop when they did the All-Star 2019 selections. Carl Anthony Towns does end up making the All-Star game. If we take a look at... Nope, Jimmy Butler does not make the all Oh, yes, he does. He does make the All-Star game, unfortunately, for... Uh, fans of the NBA, Jimmy Butler is on Team Giannis, and Carl Anthony Towns made it to Team LeBron. So they are not going to be teammates. So I guess that just means Cat would just destroy Jimmy Butler in that game. That's just what I want. Whether that's realistic or not, I don't really care. Just not a fan of Jimmy Butler. So uh, jumping into Trade Finder at this time, we've had a number of offers for Jeff Teague, but nothing that really jumped off the page necessarily. So we're going to see what kind of offers across the league we can get. Jumping into Trade Finder, we throw Jeff Teague into the fray, and we'll see what we can get offered. Uh, Brooke Lopez and Tony Snell for Teague and Dang. No, I don't think so. We have uh, Justin Holiday and Antonio Blakeney for Teague. That's not bad. Um, oof. Some of these offers are not great. We've had a few, few times where the Hawks have tried to get us Alex Len, and I, I'm definitely that's a hard pass for me. 
Oof. Yeah. So most of the offers that you get are not great. Uh, the Lakers actually reached out and said, would you give us back Dang and Teague, and we'll give you Roberson and Stevenson. I don't hate that trade, but it's definitely not a trade I'll be making. Mavericks, nope. Yeah, Mavericks want to give us J- uh, J.J. Barea. No, thank you. Teague in a first for Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris. Yeah, no one's doing that. Not great offers. Oof, these are all real bad. I mean, legitimately, well, so we were offered Serge Ibaka straight up for Jeff Teague, but Serge Ibaka's got a worse contract than Teague, so I'm, I'm not making that trade. Uh, Rudy Gay and Quincy Pondexter, it's not terrible, but they want me to give up a second-round pick, which I'm not willing to do. A few of these, they want us to give up picks, and I'm just not willing to do that. An interesting trade, they're not great. Most of these trades are pretty crappy, but Andre Iguodala and... A first-round pick from the Warriors is intriguing to me. I think that might be the deal we actually look at. I think we'll end up doing that. If we can maybe make get a third team involved that would be willing to take on Iggy. Because personally, I'm not looking to bring Iggy into the fold. I like what we actually already have. And Iggy's under contract for a pretty large amount of money next season. And so part of the reason we want to get rid of Jeff Teague is, is that exact thing. We want to be able to move on from him, which I don't love. So... We'll take a look at some of the other teams and see if someone's maybe else is available. Uh, and we'll come back at you in just a second here once we've uh, hopefully uh, completed some sort of a trade. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl, and we are going over the Jimmy Butler trade and simulations. At least in this simulation, it's tough to find a team that could take on Iggy's contract. So we're going to go back and take the deal where it's Antonio Blakeney and Justin Holiday. So Blakeney is under contract next year, but... It's a minor contract. He's only 22 years of age. He could help us long-term. Justin Holiday just under contract for one season, so it's not like it matters that much. So they are going to uh, take him. So the Bulls end up taking Jeff Teague, who obviously have a little bit of experience in the Teague department since they did have him – or sorry, they had his brother once upon a time, Marcus Teague. Looking at the rest of the roster for the Timberwolves. Now, I would say I think maybe the Wolves would look to maybe make some changes here. As far as the roster is concerned, possibly moving on, let's say, Taj Gibson could be interesting. But he's not making a ton of money. And the Wolves are sitting actually currently at 30 and 22. So Jeff Teague is actually the only move we're going to end up making. We're going to stick with the rest of the crew and see how the rest of the season kind of mixes up. So, again, we're 30 and 22. We're getting offered uh, you know, a number of trades. There's a decent amount of players on the team that other teams really like. And so I think that tells you exactly what we're kind of working with at this point. One thing we will do is go into contract extensions and see if there's anyone. Unfortunately, everyone is ineligible. So it's a lot of guys that we're going to have to look at adding or not adding in the offseason. Probably one of the only free agents we would look to retain would be Tyus Jones. A lot of the other guys, I think it's it's safe to say uh, adios to them. We did get offered uh, C.J. McCollum for Wiggins and Gibson, although I don't know how realistic that is, so we're not going to say yes to that. And we're going to keep going through the simulation. Again, we'll come back at you at the end of the season and take a look at how the Wolves fared uh, in this first season of the simulation. And this is the Thibodeau portion uh, of this simulation segment. All right, so season one is in the books. And we jump to the superlatives. We have MVP is Steph Curry. DeAndre Ayton is your rookie of the year. Tyreek Evans is your sixth man. Giannis is defensive player of the year. Most improved is... Ricky Rubio, look at these statistics from Ricky. 15.4 points, 4.1 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 
1.6 steals, 36% from three. So not too shabby for him. Coach of the year is, no surprise, Steve Kerr, who does win that in many of the scenarios. Looking at All-NBA, unfortunately, no one from our team makes the All-NBA roster. Taking a look at the All-Defensive team, and unfortunately, no one makes it there either. Uh, as far as the all-rookie team is concerned, the Wolves do have, obviously, a couple of talented rookies, but I don't believe they're playing enough minutes for that to make a difference. Wolves finish 47-35. and 35. We are the five-seed, taking on the four-seed Oklahoma City Thunder. Before we move on to that, taking a look at the season statistics, starting with the uh, – we'll look at the Timberwolves specifically, so not across the league. Towns is putting up uh, 20.8 points. 12.2 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 1.6 blocks. So that's pretty solid. Looking at the players we got in the trade, uh, Robert Covington and Dario Sarge are both averaging right around 10 points, right around four, sorry, right around five rebounds. So you're getting some pretty good production there. And uh, Robert Covington getting you a, a steal and a half and a block per game as well. So not too shabby at all. I would uh, I would say we'd be pretty pleased with that. How about our you know, stud rookie Josh Akogi, he's putting up 13 points, uh, two rebounds, two assists, and one and a half steals. So that's not too bad. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I think we're working out pretty good there. As far as so, it's us against Oklahoma City Thunder. We are the five; they are the four seed. So game one in the playoffs, we do take game one. That would have been in Oklahoma City. Game two is to them. So one and one. Looking at the rosters, by the way, we had the exact same, or sorry, records. We had the exact same records coming into the playoffs, 47 and 35, both of us. They do take game three. So two to one, we are down. We are down three to one now. Looking at who plays well, looking at who did what. Uh, Carl Towns, 25, 10, and three in our most recent loss. Looking at some of the other players, uh, 10 and five from Sarich. Not, and Robert Covington had a pretty decent game, seven points, uh, two steals an assist, and a rebound. But 27 minutes, that's not great production when you're you know, playing a guy that many minutes. By the way, when we did make this trade, you definitely saw... So Josh Okogie is not even playing right now. So they have made the decision to not play him as far as uh, the rest of the season has concerned. Again, we'll simulate game number five. Can we pull it out? Nope. We have been eliminated. Andrew Wiggins was your big guy in that game. 20 points, six boards, two assists. Carl Towns, 7-5-5. Five, and five. So some nice across-the-board statistics, but 3 of 13, 1 of 5 from 3. That's just not going to get it done. So first season of the simulation is in the books. We'll obviously simulate through the rest of the playoffs here and see who ends up making it. So looking across the board, by the way, at Philadelphia, they are trying to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Can, nope, they lose. So they make it to the second round, and they lose in that second round. So Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons don't get the job done for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Raptors prove to be too much. Uh, it looks like the Raptors, wow. Raptors had a 3-1 lead in the finals, which they blow it. And in the end, you have the Warriors winning it all. And Kevin Durant is your finals MVP. So that's what you get in this uh, first season's simulation. Jumping into the offseason, as always, we jump straight to the league meetings. In the league meetings, everything was rejected. In fact, nothing was even close. So, um, you know, we're not going to change anything. We usually just accept or, you know, keep everything the way that it is. 
Now, the Wolves did make the playoffs, had a pretty successful season, so we are not in the draft lottery. We can jump straight to staff signing. Now, again, this is Thibodeau, so we are going to keep Tom Thibodeau, and we are going to just, uh, looks like the only things we need to grab are going to be CFO, head scout, and trainer. We're going to keep both Tom Thibodeau and Ed Pickney in the books, as well as Austin Green, which is a game-created assistant GM. I guess he represents Tom Layden in this scenario. So we're going to come back at you at the uh, draft. We have made changes to the draft, so a lot of times we'll go with the 2K-created draft classes. In this case, we used a user draft class. This is the actual 2019 draft class that we'll be working with to make it as realistic as possible. All right, so we are after the draft now, so we are going through looking at the different teams. No shock, Zion Williamson does go first. As far as this draft is concerned, and you actually had a trade here. The Memphis Grizzlies had the second pick. They traded that and Kyle Anderson to the Pistons for the ninth selection and Blake Griffin. So interesting trade nonetheless. We will jump ahead to our pick. So the Timberwolves actual pick. We are drafting 25th just based on how well we did uh, this past season. Looking at some of the players that are available. The best player available is going to be Jordan Brown. He is a power forward 20 years of age. He's a B overall, so he's probably going to be like around a 75 would be my guess. Looking at some of the other players, we have Ashton Haggins, who is a 20-year-old, uh, 76, 6'2", uh, 6'7", length for wingspan, and he is a point guard. Now, we do hope to bring or keep Tyus Jones, but I think it's also going to be important that we do grab another point guard. So he would actually probably be one of our best options, just given some of the other players we already have on the roster. Also, we have uh, Jalen Horde is another option. He would be a small forward. But I do think Ash, uh, Ashton Haggins is going to be one of our best options available. As far as uh, overall is concerned, he is definitely going to be one of the best options. And he fits a need, which is good. And he's got some pretty good size for a point guard. So we're actually going to go Ashton Haggins. He's out of Kentucky, which obviously a good school. Nothing wrong with that. And actually, they changed it. It is 6'3". So 6'3", 185, pretty good wingspan. Not too shabby for us. We, again, simulating to our next pick, which is going to be the 52nd overall pick. Looking at some of the players that are available, we uh, have a couple still decent players. You have a, a Eurostash point guard, actually. His name's Will Richardson, 73 overall. He is just 20 years of age. He is uh, foot four with a 6'7 wingspan, so that's not bad either. There's a couple other decent players. It looks like we have a center, David McCormick. Could be a decent option. So he is 20 years old. B minus overall. Seven foot two wingspan. Six foot ten is his listed height. So that could be another option we go to as well. One thing we could look to do now. Again, we're sitting at the draft right now. We could actually look to move on. I think center could be a, make a lot of sense if we can move on for Gorgie Jang. So we're actually at the draft. We're going to see what kind of options we can get from teams as far as the value for him are concerned. Looks like one team's offering us Kayvon Moore, a 20-year-old small forward, 72 overall, plus uh, 2019, uh, so a actually a later draft pick in this draft. I think that might actually be one of our better options. Looking at some of the other offers, we have Jalen Carey and Timothy Mozgov, which that's a lot. I don't want to be taking him on. Ray Spaulding has been offered with a second-round pick. You've got another couple young draft picks being offered. Uh, a future first-round pick. Uh, DeAnthony Melton is actually being offered, which is not too bad, But we do, although we did just draft a point guard, so I'm not sure we need a second one. But 
I like DeAnthony Melton. I think he brings you some some nice pieces. You also have Celtics giving a, a possible uh, a future first round pick for him. But I'm gonna actually um, I'm gonna take DeAnthony Melton. I think he's interesting. He's intriguing to me. So DeAnthony Melton is the trade. So at this point now we are up, and I think that's a good option. We are gonna go with the look to go with a center. One of the best options is that David McCormick. Good wingspan, uh, good size, just 20 years of age. I, I like him a lot. I think he could be a nice depth piece. So we end up taking him. Not a bad option there. And that's going to do it for the, the Timberwolves 2019 draft. So, again, uh, we got a center. We got a point guard. And then we also traded Gorgie Jang for a point guard. So I think overall it's not too bad. That David McCormick, even though he's a second-round pick, 20 years of age, a center power forward, 74 overall. And our point guard shooting guard, Ashton Haggins, is a 75 overall. So very pleased with what we got out of this draft. I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, taking a look at the team options, we, do, we will decline the team option of James Nunnally. I, just, I'm, I have not been impressed with what he's able to bring to the table. And I think there's going to be better options available to us in free agency. And regardless, he's just not playing a lot. We will, however, give the qualifying offer to Tyus Jones. His qualifying offer, by the way, is just one year, $3.57 million. But he's going to be our go-to guy, our point guard going forward. So it's going to be important that we're able to re-sign him. Looking in the offseason, you know, we have no cap space. So we're definitely not looking to add a bunch of pieces there. We've already got 10 players. If we add Tyus Jones back into the fold, that would be 11 so if you can maybe get some decent role players, that wouldn't be too bad of an option. I wouldn't mind bringing back, if he has not retired, I wouldn't mind bringing back Anthony Tolliver. Not the greatest player ever, but at least he can hit some shots. Gives you a little bit of depth, and he is still available. If we get him on a you know, one-year min deal, I think that's worth it. We also need to pick up some two-way players, so that's going to be one of the options we'll look at also. Maybe getting a perimeter defender, someone that's going to be able to come off the bench and can give us just kind of spot minutes, especially if we're able to get a guy that's kind of at the minimum. So another guy we could offer a contract to would be Luke Richard Mamute, who actually I like what he brings to the table because he, he has a little more flexibility maybe because he's a really good defender. But uh, his three-point shooting actually in this game is not great. So I don't know that we want to go all in on that many point or on that many power forwards. So it might be a better option to look somewhere else as far as players are concerned. Again, if we can find someone that's got a little bit of youth, I think that's gonna that's gonna really help out a lot. Or not not necessarily youth, but a guy maybe that's not making a ton of money. Some of the players on this list are making a little bit too much money, and that is a actually the guy we got offered, Kavan Moore. Um, he has actually been made a free agent, uh, just 20 years of age, 72 overall. I think he's a good guy to bring in. He's going to make a little more money, but I just like what he offers. I think he gives us a, a, you know, a nice bench piece at that small forward position. So we take a look. So Kayvon Moore agreed, and Anthony Tolliver also agreed. We obviously will renounce the rights of players like Rose, Gibson. We're not going to renounce the rights of Tyus Jones. We do want to keep him as he looks to be one of the guys that we really want to keep going forward. Uh, again, we renounced the rights to a lot of these players, C.J. Williams, Jared Terrell, Justin Holiday, and again, Luol Deng and James Nunnally are both adios. So we brought in a couple guys, though, so it's not a bad option for, for us. And again, we're going to be able to re- re- re-sign Tyus Jones to a pretty decent deal, I think, in this simulation. That's going to help us out quite a bit. So 
we're at uh, once the moratorium ends, we would be at 12 players currently. So we do still have some room for some other pieces. Taking a look at some of the other options, there's a pretty good player available. His name's Javon Quinterly. And Javon Quinterly is a crafty, offensive-minded point guard is what they list him at. But just 19 years of age, a 74 overall. I mean, that's pretty impressive. The problem you run into is that because he's a free agent, he's asking for a lot of money. And this would be a guy that would be like a third-string point guard, and that's just not something we're looking to invest in at this moment. But he would be a good guy to watch. You know, if, if we if we didn't already have a pretty solid squad, he would be the kind of player you might look to, to bring in because he's not making – or because he's a low age and he's a high overall. So th- those would be decent players because right now we're trying to add a couple two-way guys if we can. You don't want to go too crappy. You know, some of these guys are not great. And that's part of the issue you run into. Usually it's, and we've talked about this in the past, usually it's players that are around a 65 and less that are willing to take two-way offers. Usually anything above a two, anything above a 65, generally they tend to pass on uh, two-way deals. We found a two-way shooting guard and a two-way center, both of which players that are 19 years of age, they do both agree. So that's not too shabby for us. Again, we're going to keep our cap hold on Tyus Jones. It's going to be important to offer him a deal uh, coming up in the uh, once the moratorium is over, going into free agency. He's a player we definitely want to be able to hold on to. All right, so day one of free agency is here, and the first thing we will do is go after adding Tyus Jones to the mix. Now, the nice thing is because the moratorium is over, Tyus Jones is a player that we already had on our team. And so we are able to bring him in by going over the cap. That's not going to be an issue for us. And this would be only player number 13. And he, let's see, he does not agree to the first day. Going into the second day, he still does not agree. But here we go. He does agree eventually. Four years, $39.74 million. Not a bad contract for the guy that's going to be our starting point guard, at least for, for right now. So we got all the main pieces. We'll add a couple more contracts. We'll come back at you at the start of the season and take a look and see what the roster looks like going into the 2019-2020 season. All right, so taking a look at the roster, we have Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Tyus Jones, Ashton Haggins, who was the point guard shooting guard we picked up in the draft. We have Josh Okogie, David McCormick, who was the center power forward we got in the draft. Kata Bates Diop, we grabbed Tony Allen. DeAnthony Melton was the guy we got in exchange for Gorgie Jang. Anthony Tolliver we re-signed. Ekpe Udo rounds it out. We have Antonio Blakeney, Kayvon Moore. We have two-way players, Mitchell Gill and J.D. Red. So a pretty solid squad. Going to what we usually do to start the season, which is going to going to standings and power rankings. We start off with NBA.com, who has us as the 15th best team, which isn't bad. Sometimes they are pretty down on us. 2K Sports has us as 26th. And Mark Spears, the guy that normally likes us, has us at 16th. So kind of league average. We could be a decent team, but we could also struggle a bit. So we'll jump ahead to the trade deadline, take a look and see how the trade deadline is as far as the wolves are concerned maybe we make some deals and we'll see uh, what we're able to do again you're listening to dash radio's nothing in that channel and this is our thibadu segment taking a look at simulations based around the current roster the future with tom thibodeau as the coach so just before the trade deadline we take a look and you know there's not really anything we're looking to do necessarily we are 24 and 28 so uh, season two of thibadu is not going great just 81 percent chemistry too which is a little goofy so again, 24 and 28, 
not having the best season, although Carl Towns having a great season. He actually was one of the all-star starters, and Jimmy Butler actually missed the all-star game. So uh, that's kind of interesting. Going over to the uh, standings portion, we take a look at conference standings, and the Wolves are just out of the playoffs, although not by much, as there's a, a few teams actually in the playoff race that are actually under 500. So the West is just really having a, a pretty good run so far. But we are going to hold on to our players, choose to not make any sort of deals. Looking at contract extensions, nobody is available to everyone else. Everyone is ineligible as far as extensions are concerned. So we'll go ahead and simulate to the end of the season. And hopefully uh, the Wolves can make a little bit of a run here in year number two. Although it could just be that we're going to end up moving on to Thibodeau eventually because that's going to be a better option. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is The Howl. All right, so the season has ended. We'll take a look at the superlatives, but suffice to say, it was an ugly second season uh, for this squad. MVP is Steph Curry, second year in a row. Bull Bull is your rookie of the year for the Wizards. Greg Monroe, sixth man. Defensive player of the year is Kawhi Leonard. Most improved player is Jason Tatum, and Steve Kerr is your coach of the year. Looking at the All-NBA teams, as far as uh, the Wolves are concerned, Carl Anthony Towns, All-NBA team, he is the center, so that's not too, you know, not too shabby for us. Looking at the All-Defensive team, unfortunately, we do not see anyone on that list. It would have been kind of cool to see Robert Covington make a list. He does not. We do not make any All-Rookie teams either. And again, we finished 34 and 48, so it was a struggle for this team. Although I think we've got a pretty solid squad, but again, it could just be that Thibodeau is not the answer, which is what most of us think anyways. So if that's the case, that would not be all that shocking. I think, you know, for us to do as well as we did last season, I think was pretty surprising. The other thing too is team chemistry was really an issue. That never got above like 82, 83%. In fact, it got, you know, it started dr dropping to around 80 it was just not something we really saw jump off the page and again part of that could be our coaching staff which you have Tom Thibodeau you also have uh, Ed Pickney and neither of them are real highly rated in this game so again it could just be that they are not the answers for what we're trying to build here looking at the season statistics again Carl Towns had a monster season how about this 24 points we're rounding up just a bit 24 points 13 boards three assists Two blocks, so just really a fantastic season from Towns, who's a 94 overall now, 41% from three. So lots to like there. Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, just not a great season. 85 overall, which is nice, but just 14 points per game. He is uh, 3.2 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Uh, I'm very curious as to what his shooting percentage was, 33% from three. Uh, that's just not going to get it done. Robert Covington and Dario Sarge had some solid seasons, uh, both contributing uh, pretty good as far as points are concerned, 13 and 10 apiece. Sarge leading the way there, and both of them at 5 to 6 uh, rebounds per game. So pretty good, pretty good statistics. Uh, the one thing that uh, jumps off the page a little bit is as far as point guard is concerned, we actually, uh, DeAnthony Melton, it looks like, ended up being the starter as far as uh, the team was concerned. He took a, a step ahead. And you actually had uh, Tyus Jones, although Tyus Jones is 79 overall. So you're just not getting major production out of those players. I think that's part of the issue. So we'll see. Uh, going into Season 3, and this will be the final season of the uh, Thibba 
the Thibodeau uh, portion of this challenge, and we'll take a look and see if hopefully they can take the next step. But again, I think part of the big issue is going to be Tom Thibodeau, and moving on from him is probably going to be what's best for the squad. Going through the playoffs, though, as we continue this simulation, we take a look, and actually uh, Philadelphia does end up winning in seven games in the first round of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They move on to round two. Philadelphia, by the way, was the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. They win against Boston in the second round. They move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, trying to make it to the championship, and they do. They make it to the championship. They're taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Can they pull it off? And they can. So 76ers end up making it to the finals, end up winning it, although part of the reason they win it all, by the way, is they actually had Kevin Durant, who ends up winning them the championship. He is your finals MVP for the Philadelphia 76ers. Jumping into the offseason, we start with league meetings. And as we look at the league meetings, again, everything was rejected. The closest two things we actually actually I take it back the shot clock actually did get approved to change to 35 seconds and the trade deadline is going to occur one week later so you're definitely probably going to see I don't know if it's more scoring or less scoring with 35 second shot clock probably less scoring is probably what you'll end up seeing and it's obviously tougher to defend when their team has uh, longer of a shot clock but this is back to what you used to have at college which is the 35 seconds so now, again, we had a pretty trying season, to say the least, so the lottery actually is going to make a difference for us. Looking at the team, we are slotted right now as the eighth team in the lottery. We're actually going to skip to the end, and we stay at eight. So we did not move back, which was nice, but we did not move up. But all in all, not too shabby at all. Going to staff signings, again, we're going to keep Thibs and the assistant coach for one more season as we finish off our Thibodeau segment. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing That Channel. We are the Howl. The only thing we actually have to grab is assistant GM. So we'll come back at you at the end of the offseason and take a look at the roster and simulate one more season. All right, so the final season of Thibodeau, the Timberwolves story post-Jimmy Butler, is upon us. Taking a look at our roster, we have Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Dario Saric, who we did just re-sign, Robert Covington, Tyus Jones, Ashton Haggins, the rookie we got last season, Josh Okoge, David McCormick, the other rookie we got last season. We have Ryan Brokoff, who is a really good three-point shooting veteran. So we grabbed him for some, you know, something that's nice off the bench. He's an A-plus overall for three-point shooting. DeAnthony Melton we re-signed. We have Kata Bates-Diop still. Kavon Moore. Tracy Lynch, who is fantastic looking. He is, whoever designed this guy did a great job. Uh, Tracy Lynch. Uh, he's got an afro. He's got this sweet mustache. Uh, but he is a rookie, 19 years of age, a 74 overall. And then we did re-sign Ekpe Udo just to give us a little uh, inside defense if we need it. Kelvin Alexander is our other rookie. We also have two two-way players that are both uh, 19 years of age. Blake Paget and Curtis Kennedy. So they are two-way players. So as usual, we jump over into the power rankings. Starting off with NBA.com, they have us as 16th yet again. So hopefully they're uh, a little wrong this this season because we struggled last season at 15th. 2K has us at 26th. That's actually where we were last time. And Mark Spears has us 16th. So the power rankings are literally the same as they were going into last season. Again, this is our final season of Thibodeau. And we will see if uh, Tom Thibodeau is the answer for what we're building here. 
we will come back at you at the trade deadline and take a look and see if we have some improvements. Uh, again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl. As we're sitting at the trade deadline, obviously, you know, we're not going to make any trades. We are in third season here, the final season of this portion of the simulation, and we stink. 22 and 32. I actually like the roster, but it is not going well, to say the least. We are really, 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 really struggling. Uh, the one thing I will say, all of our starters are at, at least at an 80. So overall, you have Towns 94, Wiggins is an 85, Covington and Sarge are both 82s. Tyus Jones is an 80. Our backup point guard is actually also an 80. And then Josh Okoge is sitting at a 79. So, honestly, it's a pretty solid team, but it's just not getting the job done. If we take a look at the standings, we're dead last in our division. And as far as the Western Conference, we are almost dead last in the West. So it is ugly, to say the least. But it is what it is. We're going to simulate the rest of the Thibodeau. And take a look and see if our Wolves are able to make some sort of a, a push. But it's it's not looking great. Taking a look at the, you know, Carl Towns does make his fourth All-Star game. He is a starter again, which is cool to see. Jumping over to both teams. And, you know, who's not a starter is Jimmy Butler. So he has not, uh, you know, he has not fared as well career-wise as our Carl Towns. At least as far as his personal career, his team might be doing better. So... We will simulate through the end of this season, come back at you, and take a look at how the Wolves finish the final season. So overall, a really crappy season. You had uh, the Superlatives will take a look, by the way, but the Wolves finished 31-51, and 51, by far the worst that they uh, finished in this entire simulation. Steph Curry is your MVP again. We have Cole Anthony's the Rookie of the Year. Isaiah Thomas is your sixth man. Defensive Player of the Year is Kawhi Leonard again. C.J. McCollum is your most improved. Coach of the Year again is Steve Kerr. We have Carl Anthony Towns does end up making All-NBA second team, which is pretty good. Taking a look at the rest here, we have All-Defensive Team. Robert Covington, nice, makes All-Defensive second team. Uh, unfortunately, it did not help us as we were terrible. So jumping over into the season statistics, we could at least get an idea of how our players played. You have Carl Towns, uh, woof, a down year, but we're not surprised. Remember, the shot clock was switched to 35 seconds. So only 17.1 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists. So you do see a drop in some of his statistics. As far as the other guys are concerned, Sarge and Covington had uh, pretty similar seasons. So they were solid, but uh, they didn't really jump off the page. So overall, so far, it is, it's really tough to imagine that Thibodeau is going to be the way we go with these simulations. I'm guessing that Thibodeau is going to win it out, but that is going to be what we're starting up next. So now we are jumping into Season 1 of The Timberwolves and Thibodeau. All right, so now we move on to Thibodeau. We had to start this in the offseason so we could choose a different coach. And what we did was we upgraded our coaching staff across the board. So we grabbed a different head coach. We grabbed a different assistant coach. We grabbed a different trainer. And actually, actually, I just take that back. It's the same trainer, but just Tom Thibodeau not being here actually made the trainer better. So take that with uh, what you want. But because of the trainer being better, we're actually able to have more training camps, and overall the team is going to be better. So we're already seeing that the team is better without Tom Thibodeau. 
Uh, looking at the power rankings, we start off with NBA.com. They have us sitting at the 17th position. Again, this is season one of Thibodeau. So no Tom Thibodeau with this team. We have 28th is the power ranking under 2K Sports. And Mark Spears has us, ooh, top 10, has us as the eighth best team. Mark Spears is a Wolves fan, obviously. So we are going to take a look, obviously, at the roster. Roster is exactly the same as it would have been uh, before. The only change that we made is we I wasn't able to get Nunnally. I couldn't find him, actually. So we just actually replaced him with Briante Weber, who um, just is a, a good perimeter defender. And then we uh, – actually, I take that back. We grabbed Nick Young, sorry, for uh, Nunnally. And then I grabbed just a, a bench player uh, to round out the roster. Um, so other than that, it's uh, the exact same roster we had before. And we will simulate to the All-Star break. Take a look and see how the team is doing from there. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl. All right, so this has been a very up-and-down season. At one point, we were about 10 games under 500. So here we are just after the All-Star break. Jimmy Butler, by the way, in this season with Philadelphia did not make the All-Star game. Towns, of course, with the Wolves did. So very cool to see that. We did try to make the same trade from last season, the Jeff Teague trade deadline, where we traded him to, uh, in that case, end up being the Bulls for Justin Holiday and Antonio Blakeney. The problem we ran into is that, number one, they don't have Antonio Blakeney, and two, for some reason, they are super overvaluing Justin Holiday now. Now, we aren't the ones that, after that trade, they did. So we ended up taking a trade where we sent Jeff Teague in a second to the Cavs for J.R. Smith and a first. We then dropped J.R. Smith and picked up Antonio Blakeney, who was in free agency. So the only difference at this point is that we do not have Justin Holiday. But everything else is uh, sitting uh, pretty much the same, other than in order to sign Derrick Rose, we did have to have him sign a two-year deal, and we didn't get him for the minimum either. So we're going to have to look to unload him in the offseason to keep that going. But other than that, uh, pretty solid. We're sitting at 25-27 and 27 to go into the second half of the season. So, again, this is the Thibodeau. So this is what this team as assembled currently would look like with someone other than Tom Thibodeau as the coach. And actually, it's without Ed Pickney as well. We did replace him also. So a pretty good-looking uh, squad so far. We're just starting up the second half of the season. Unfortunately, we started off with a, with a couple losses. So And team chemistry is lower than low. So in this scenario unlike the first one Jeff Teague was apparently the glue that was holding this team together because when we traded Jeff Teague we were not worse for the wear last time so at least season one it appears that uh, not having Tom Thibodeau around is hurting us a bit so that that part's a little unfortunate but we digress we move on I do think we've got a, a better squad long term now it's the same players currently, but I do think with the better coaching staff, we have a better trainer. I do think long term it's going to be a, a better team. But man, a rough start to the second half of the season as we're one and four, not exactly sitting ideal. Hopefully we can trend in the right direction, but so far it is ugly to say the least. And it, very similar to the first half of the season, very up and down. We had a really long win streak of about man, it must have been eight to ten games, and then we also had. Uh, long losing streaks. So it's, again, it's very up and down. We've really struggled. We just lost to the Hawks. The Hawks are a bad team. So let's not pretend that that's something to be happy about. Uh, this has been a struggle, to say the least. And uh, 
I, I don't love our chances of making the playoffs right now. It's going to be really, really close. We're 30 and 34. In fact, I'd be absolutely floored if we somehow made the playoffs. We really suck in this scenario. I don't know what the difference is other than we have a better coach. So very strange to me that a better coach uh, and we would actually play worse. So that's a little goofy to me. Actually, and better all around, too. Uh, literally every single position that is available was upgraded. Every single position, without a doubt. So very goofy there. Although I will say the one, the one difference is we do not have James Nunnally. We have Nick Young. So maybe Nick Young in behind the scenes is just like, you know, like throwing a wrench in the works. Because that's the only difference. Because I wasn't able to get James Nunnally for whatever reason. So very goofy. Uh, I'm not really sure why that one little one little change would make a difference. But that's pretty much the only significant change other than a huge overhaul of the front office in an upgrade fashion. We are 35 and 40, 36 and 40. So best we can hope for is 39 and 40, which my guess is is not going to be enough. We're last game. Can we do it? Can we win it? It is. Nope. We lost 38 and 41. Oh, sorry. What am I doing? We have a couple games left, but we're losing all of them apparently. So this is not great. All right. 40 and 42. So as in the first simulations, uh, Steph Curry's your MVP. So he's literally Steph Curry's gone undefeated in the MVP race since we started doing these. Your rookie there is Trey Young. Wendell Carter Jr. is the sixth man, which is pretty impressive since he himself was a rookie. Anthony Davis is your defensive player of the year. Jason Tatum is your most improved. And the other guy that's undefeated is Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is undefeated as coach of the year. Looking at the uh, all-rookie, sorry, the all-NBA teams, we do not have anyone on one, two, or three. So Towns, unfortunately, did not make it. All-defensive team, uh, nope, no Robert Covington there. And looking at the all-rookies, we did not make those lists either. The Wolves do. Okay, so this is going to tell you just how incredible the West is. We actually made it with a with a losing record, 40-42. and 42. We're the sixth seed. So we're the five seed in the first scenario. So not that far off, actually. We are taking on the 50. Wow, the 51-31 and 31 Spurs. They are quite a bit better than us. So we'll simulate this series. Hey, we're up one game to nothing. Looking at who they have, DeJount Murray. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much just the standard uh, the standard Spurs that you would expect. Um, let's see, going through. Actually, in this scenario, so we started in the offseason. The one thing that did change for the Spurs specifically is their team is actually better. They kept Kawhi. So we didn't make that change, but they kept him. So that's kind of an intriguing deal. It is we're up two to nothing over the Spurs, who have a really good team. Can we make it 3-0? 3-0. We are up on the Spurs in round one. Tell me we make it through. Tell me we lose it. Oh, we, we did it. 4-0 sweep of a really good Spurs team. Phenomenal. We're the first team to move on in the playoffs. So we've already had a huge upgrade. So in season one, we were already more successful than the same team under Tom Thibodeau was in any season. So crazy impressive. Uh, thank you to Michael Stoffer, who is the coach we ended up picking here. So a good coach makes a huge difference with this squad. And, and I don't think any Wolves fan would be surprised by this. That's pretty common. So we jump into round two. Taking a look here, we will do um, simulation of game by game. So game one, we are down. We lose. Wow, we got killed by it. But it's the Rockets. The Rockets are a really good team. 
I would not be shocked if we got swept by the Rockets. That's not too surprising. Uh, going into game two, we lost that one as well. We are down 0-2. We are down 0-3. Can we get one game? One game? We cannot. We have been eliminated. But, again, that's a really, really talented team that you're talking about. So I'm not all that surprised. But really solid. Made it past the first round already uh, in this first season simulation. So very impressed with what a coaching change does. A coaching change just makes such a big difference. So very cool to see. So moving on to the uh, next round or next season, we start off again, as always, with the league meetings. Actually, before we get into that, though, as this first season's coming to a close, how about this? Giannis Antetokounmpo leads the Bucks to the championship in the first year, and the Rockets made it past. The, so the Golden State Warriors lost in round two. I have to see what, what, what caused that. Looking at the box score here, so the Warriors had their pretty so- same squad, Thunder, though, um, ended up having Julius Randle. Carmelo Anthony was a big player in this. Surprising. I don't I don't get that at all. Jamal Crawford playing really well for them. So very interesting. But, yeah, the Bucs ended up winning it all. So pretty impressive for the Bucs. Uh, looking at their roster, it's, it's pretty standard stuff. The only difference would be, so actually a couple, they ended up keeping Jabari Parker, and they drafted Kevin Knox. So, Apparently, that's the recipe for success in Milwaukee. Go figure. So, anyways, jumping into the offseason for season number two, we have league meetings. That's where we always start off. Starting at the league meetings, the only thing that was approved is the top eight teams from each conference are seeded 1-16 to for the playoffs. That's awesome. I've never seen that happen. In any of the scenarios I've ever done, at least. So, the top eight teams from each conference are seeded 1-16 to for the playoffs. I really, really like that. That's kind of a cool change. So, again, just a, a little different. Uh, jumping into, now we wouldn't have a lottery pick, obviously, so we'll jump in, and we don't have any staff to sign, so we will end up going right through the draft. So, hopefully, there's a, you know, we have a pretty, we should have a, an okay pick, and again, we're using the same exact draft classes in all these scenarios that we used in the first one with Tom Thibodeau as the coach. So, now, again, where we draft could be different. I don't have any control over that portion. In this scenario, we are picking 17th. So looking at uh, who is available. Oof, a player I am a huge fan of is available, Jonte Porter. So in real life, I got to say I love Jonte Porter. Very cool. But the even more fun scenario here is who we're actually going to take. Trey Jones is available. So Tyus Jones' brother, Trey Jones, is the pick. It's not even a question. That wasn't even hard. You had to take him. I mean, no questions asked. You had to take him. Uh, one difference, by the way, is that we do not have a second-round pick anymore. So what we could do is we could look. So now, what we did in the last scenario is we actually traded Gorgie Jang. And since we're stuck with Derrick Rose right now, we'll actually see what we can get for trading both of those players. And it looks like what we can get is uh, two future first-round picks is what we're, we're being offered, actually, which is fantastic if that's actually going to happen. So we've been offered two future first-round picks from the 76ers who apparently are looking to just take over you know, a lot of our players. And if they want to do that, I am not going to stop them. So two first-round picks from the Sixers for Gorgie Jang and Derrick Rose. Thank you very much for that. I think what we'll do then is we will turn one of those uh, first-round picks into a second-round pick in this draft. So looking at one of the teams that struggled a little bit more, we'll grab a... 
looking at uh, the Bulls, for example, the Bulls, if we can get their second-round pick, that would be one we might look at, although they don't have one, apparently. So, let's see, taking a look at some of the other options. Let's see, so if you go to Trade Finder, we take a look at what we can get for the first-round pick that we got from the Sixers for next year. And we'll, we'll see if someone's willing to give us something this year. If we can jump back in, that would be pretty good. Yep, here we go. So we can get uh, pick 33, so the sec a second-round pick, and then we also get a future first. So that's not too bad. Oh, and funny, it was the Sixers, so we just gave them back their pick. So, sure, why not? Let's do it. So simulating to the next pick, we do have a second-round pick now, which is great. Looking at who's available, and unbelievable, it looks like Jonte Porter is still available in the second round. So already, this team is looking like it's going to be better than it was before. So not only have we upgraded the coach, we've had a more successful second year. I think part of that is just karma. You get rid of that boat anchor, Tom Thibodeau, that's you know weighing your team down, and good things happen. This is a fantastic team. I am just very pleased with what uh, we've been able to build here. Obviously, we are going to sign both these players as they are both really, really solid prospects. Jumping into the rest of the offseason, we'll go through this and come back at you to start Season 2. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl, and this is the Thibodeau segment of the post-Jimmy Butler trade. Now, unfortunately, we ran into one bit of a snag, is our trainer somehow got worse. So as a result, we did not have three training camps available to make our team that much better in terms of potential. So the nice thing was it kept us uh, with the same two players we gave potential to last offseason— when we were with Tom Thibodeau as the coach, which was Josh Okoge and Tyus Jones. So looking at the roster, we tried our best to keep it relatively the same as it was before. Obviously, we had a much more successful draft. So Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Dario Sarge, Robert Covington, Tyus Jones, Jonte Porter. We got Kem Birch. We had Ekbe Udo before. I was not able to get him. Trey Jones, Josh Okoge, Katie Bates Diop. We got Tony Allen again. Antonio Blakeney is still on the team. Uh, Howard Washington was a two-way player, but we converted him because he's a pretty good center. Anthony Tolliver is still here, and then Kyle Korver rounds it out. Our two-way players are Nick Roberts and J.D. Red. J.D. Red actually is one of the two-way players we had with under under the Tom Thibodeau regime as well. So we're doing our best to keep it as similar as possible. Now we will simulate to the second half of the season and take a look and see how the team is doing. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl. All right, so the Wolves are sitting 27-24 and 24 at the All-Star break in this uh, second simulation here. Looking at our overall ranking, so we're sixth currently in the Western Conference. We are already looking a lot better than we did under Tom Thibodeau, and it's, it's honestly not close. We were bad, like really significantly bad uh, under Tom Thibodeau. So we struggled quite a bit. We are going to just skip the trade deadline. I don't think there's any reason to make any changes there. As far as uh, the rest of the team is concerned, we will take a look and see if anyone is available for contract extensions. Nope, nobody is uh, eligible for that. So we will just jump ahead to the end of the season and come back at you there, and we'll see how the Wolves do when it comes to the playoffs. Hopefully they can make a run there. Uh, but again, the first step is making the playoffs, and they're at least headed in the right direction. Finish one game short of 50, 49-33. So a fantastic season. Taking a look, MVP of the league is Steph Curry again, so he's still undefeated. Rookie of the Year, no surprise, Zion Williamson. Ricky Rubio is your sixth man. Defensive Player of the Year is Kawhi. Jeremy Lin is your most improved. And 
No joke. This is hilarious. The coach of the year is Tom Thibodeau. So that went as good as it possibly could. He's the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So very funny it worked out that way. Taking a look at the uh, other superlatives here, all NBA. We have uh, no. Wow. Surprisingly enough, we do not have all NBA for uh, Carl Anthony Towns. All defensive. Uh, we don't make any lists there either, and neither with all rookie. So we don't make any lists. The Wolves. This is crazy. Holy crap. So we're one game outside of. Okay. So again, I forgot about this. So the change was you're seated one through 16 after you've already. It's, it's just goofy. It's a, the weird. The way it got changed for this season is just a little weird. But so we're sitting as we're the eight seed out of uh, 16 teams. That's not bad. We're taking on the nine seed uh, Sacramento Kings. So uh, this could be a tough one. We'll see. We are up one nothing on Sacramento. We are up uh, two nothing on Sacramento. Can we keep it going? Remember, we swept uh, in year one the team we were playing. Can we sweep? Can we do it? Nope. Three games to one. Can we move on? Yes, we do. We end up moving on. Let's just take a look, though, for argument's sake. Who do they have? So looking at their squad, De'Aaron Fox, Scala BCA, they have Carmelo Anthony. Oh, they have funny. They have Jimmy Butler. Somehow they got Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler decided not to re-sign with Philadelphia, despite the fact that apparently he has given them the verbal okay that he's going to. So uh, apparently virtual Jimmy Butler is not a man of his word. Kind of interesting, but uh, a pretty good squad they got there. Uh, so moving forward, so we have moved on to the second round where we will take on the number one overall seed, Boston Celtics. This is going to be tough. Uh, I don't love our chances. We got a good squad, but what hurts us is the change in the playoff scenarios. So we would not have had this problem before. Uh, you almost you can almost look like this as being the championship game. Because we probably could have beat a lot of the other teams. We're taking on literally the number one overall seed. But at least it gives us an idea. We've already been more successful in year two and in year one than Tom Thibodeau-led teams ever were. We are we won a game. So it's three games to one. Taking a look at who they have. Kyrie Irving. Uh, yep, so it's pretty much they're just their standard squad. Uh, the big difference looks like they were able to get Lowry Markkinen somehow. So that's a really talented Celtics team. Simulating, can we win one more? We do. Wow. Taking it to game six against the number one overall seed. Even if we don't win this, this is super impressive. And it shows you what a good coach can do with the squad we're building. Very cool. We do get eliminated, but that's okay. That was a very, very successful season. It was close, too. They were very close games. Very impressed with what we were able to do here. Now, obviously, the playoffs have changed quite a bit. Let's see if the Celtics make it to the championship. Now, if the Celtics win the championship... Very cool. So they win four games to one. We were actually more successful than the team that they just beat, and they swept. So that Celtics team was so good, they swept the 76ers in the championship. So it tells you just how good our team is. So we're going to go ahead. We'll simulate through the offseason, and actually we'll just come back at you with next season, go over the rosters, and take a look at what we have going. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel. We are the Howl. All right, so going over the roster, we, again, we tried to grab some of the same players. Uh, we couldn't get them all, though. So we stuck with Towns, Wiggins, Sarich, Tyus Jones, Covington, Jonte Porter, Trey Jones, Josh Okogie, Kem Birch, 
Antonio Blakeney, Kata Bates, Diop, Howard Washington re-signed. We have Nick Roberts, who re-signed. Anthony Tolliver, Kyle Korver, and then we have two two-way players. We have Damon Valentine and Herman Anderson. So not a bad squad, if you ask me. Looking at the power rankings, we start off with NBA.com, who has us ninth, which is way better than they ever had us under Tom Thibodeau. We look at 2K Sports. Oof, they really don't like us. 28th somehow. And then Mark Spears, the man, has us number two in his power rankings. I absolutely love it. So for this one, we're actually going to simulate all the way through the end of the season just because we're not really planning on making any moves, and I really like the squad we've built here. So we're going to go ahead, simulate through the season, and then we'll finish up this show by taking a look and comparing whether we should Thibodeau or Thibodeau. Haven't figured it out by now. It is pretty clear that we need to Thibodeau. Thibodeau is not the answer. By the way, we get into the superlatives here and Stephen Curry and Steve Kerr swept coach of the year and MVP in literally every single scenario we did in this episode so pretty crazy so MVP Steph Curry Kira Lewis is your rookie of the year a sixth man of the year is also Kira Lewis good for that guy you have Kawhi Leonard defensive player of the year and Trey Young is your most improved so congratulations to all those players jumping into the all-NBA we have, so starting with all-NBA first team, second team, and unfortunately, no. Nobody on our team makes that list, but I'm okay with that because we had a phenomenal season. We finished 52-30. and 30. How about them, Apples? 52-30. and 30. We are the third overall seed. So we are the third best team in the league, not just in the Western Conference, in the league. One is Golden State, two is Houston. No shock there. What else are we looking at here? Four is Milwaukee. So pretty good. We're taking on the 14-seed New Orleans Pelicans. I think we got a good shot here. We are up 1-0. We are, wow, tied 1-1. No idea how they pulled that one off. We are up 2-1. Can we make it 3-1? This is a series we should win. I'd be a little annoyed. Oh, so it's 2-2. Not sure how that's possible. We're much better than they are. We are up 3-2. Can we win game six? Come on. Are we moving on? Are we moving on? Oh, taking it to a game seven. I am shocked by this. We're moving on. All right. Good. I've been pretty pissed. So looking at what we have, Josh Okogie, by the way, the man, the myth, the legend, 20 points, led all Timberwolves in that deciding victory. Looking at the Pelicans, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Pascal Siakam, and Kuzminskis, had a pretty good game. So interestingly enough, you've got uh, some players there on their team. We're moving on. We're taking on the number 11 team now. This is the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, we're much better than they are. But again, as the Pelicans showed, that doesn't necessarily matter. Game is tied 1-1 going into game three. Uh, we're down two games to one. I don't know how that's happening. We are, all right, two games to two. I got to take a look here. What are they working with? Oh, and I think we figured it out. This is a squad. Sharif O'Neal, R.J. Barrett, Conley, Marcus Saul, Tyreek Evans, Marvin Bagley III. Wow, this is a squad. This is a really, really good team. All right, I get it. I get why we're struggling a bit. They are really, really good. Do we take it? Let's see. Uh, oh, we're down two games to three. Very impressed, though. This is a really, really good Grizzlies team. So if we do end up losing to this team, I'm not 
I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I could be a lot more upset. I mean, this is a pretty solid squad. They were just six games behind us in the regular season, so a pretty good group. And, all right, we're going to game seven. We did hold out. Looking at who's dominating for the the Wolves here. Akogi's been awesome. Towns, 33-9-6 with four blocks. So Towns is obviously the real deal. Here it is, game seven. Can we do it? Moving on. We beat the Grizzlies. Phenomenal. All right, this is fantastic. I got to see, who was the man in this game? Andrew Wiggins. So what I love about this is we're getting uh, different players that are stepping up, taking us to that next stage. So here we are. We've made it to, you can't really call it the, the they call it the NBA semifinals here, I guess, is what they're calling it. We're taking on the two-seed Rockets. Golden State made it across the board. Uh, Oklahoma City again. So Tom Thibodeau just getting the job done in these simulations, which is absolutely ridiculous because when he coached the Wolves, he sucked. And he really, we were bad, like really bad. So here we go in the NBA semifinals. Game one, we are down. What's the score? We uh, lose a close one, 98-92. Game two, can we pull it off? Nope, we are down two games to zero. We lost by one point. So we are right in the thick of it. Hey, if we lose this, that's okay. They're a better squad, but we have really put up a fight, and we've proven that the Wolves want to Thibodeau't. Uh, two games to one, we are down. We did take game three, which is pretty cool. Can we take game four? We cannot. We are down three games to one as, again, we lost another close one. They've all been fairly close. All right, game five. And, oh, we have been eliminated. It was, let's take a look and see how close this one was. This one was three points. So very, very close in every one of the games. We just couldn't pull it out against a very, very talented Rockets team. Uh Carl Towns, very phenomenal series. You got just really good play across the board from all our players. Super proud of what we got out of this Wolves squad. And a bright future is in store for us as long as Tom Thibodeau is gone sooner than later. I think of that we can agree. So we end this episode with a look ahead at the upcoming game against the Nets. A game that is going to be a lot more fun to watch. And now this was a pre-recorded interview we did with Jack Manuel from Brooklyn Buzz so keep that in mind that at this time the trade had not gone down Jimmy Butler was still a member of the team but thanks again Jack for joining us and previewing this upcoming matchup against the Nets and here it is uh, Jack and uh, our own Kevin Draves talking about this upcoming matchup all right it is our time for the preview section here on the Howl on Dash Radio's nothing but net channel uh, for the Brooklyn Nets Minnesota Timberwolves game, we are joined by Jack. Uh, he is with Nets Republic, and he joins us tonight all the way from down under the other side of the world here from Minnesota. Uh, he joins us from Australia. Jack, thanks for taking some time, man. Anytime, my friend. Love talking Nets, and I'm enjoying watching some Minnesota basketball as well. It's it's been a pretty crazy year for us. I'm sure you're uh, you're in the loop with everything going on in the Jimmy Butler saga, uh, but. Wolves fans might not be super familiar with this Brooklyn Nets team. Now, you guys just had a, a nice little 25-point win here uh, against the 76ers, a game that I think surprised a lot of people in the NBA because the Sixers are thought to be a you know top team in the East. And uh, you know we've kind of always thought of the Nets, at least as of recently, as kind of that rebuilding franchise. What do you what do you see from this Nets team that's that's so surprising that they can get a win like this against a top Eastern Conference foe? 
Yeah, for me, Rob, it was basically about our defense last night. Probably one of the best defensive performances we've had under Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. Uh, it started off very sloppy, but that defense provided us some real energy on the other end of the floor. And we were able to create turnovers at a rate that is, hasn't been seen this season. You know, the, creating 27, 28 turnovers is the most that's been created by any team this season. So we were able to get it def- done defensively because we were also last in that category last season. So to be able to get out and transition, get some easy buckets, uh, get it into the hands of the likes of D'Angelo, Russell, Carol Silvert, let them do their thing. Uh, it was a pretty uh, perfect performance on both ends of the floor from our nets. Yeah, 41 combined points from Levert and uh, D'Angelo Russell in that game. Uh, great performance from them. Uh, talk to us about the emergence of Jared Allen, 15 points, 10 rebounds in 27 minutes. He, he had a quiet rookie season and, and he's kind of just grown exponentially since that point into a, a, a pretty good role there in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, towards the end of the season, Robbie was sort of, he earned that starting role. I mean, it's not really hard to push out uh, Tyler Zeller and Timothy Mozgov from the starting position, but um, he did pretty well in when he did get that, he earned that starting spot. Uh, really, really capable athletically and defensively. Um, lacks a little bit in the frame department and in terms of sometimes his aggression and his energy can wane a little bit. But he, again, is only 20 years old, but he's sort of what you want out of your prototypical modern center. Be able to switch, be able to block some shots, be able to hit a jumper every now and then. He's no Carl Anthony Towns when he strips the imagination, but he can hit that corner three every now and then. Um, and his post game is getting a little bit better. His footwork's getting a little bit better. And in the pick and roll with Delo and Karras, uh, he's continuing to grow. So uh, he's literally been, it's the perfect sort of third guy in terms of what the Nets are trying to build out there in Brooklyn. And he's got some good mentors on the bench kind of teaching him and Ed Davis and Kenneth Fareed, kind of two of the two of the the big men that that controlled the West for a little bit, you know, up there in that, in that pecking order. And he's got some good guys to learn from there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to rebounding, Rob, because I think that's one of the areas where he really needs to grow in. And I think if you're a center in today's NBA, you need to be a lead on the defensive and or offensive rebounding departments. And Ed Davis and Kenneth Fareed, despite Kenneth's you know lack of playing time so far, uh, both of them are elite offensive rebounders, generally top five when it comes to offensive rebounding percentages uh, when they've been at their peak. So he's certainly learning and growing with them as their mentors. And um, they're having a real impact themselves individually especially at Davis, uh, but it's nice to have that sort of tandem. It certainly is a big upgrade over Tyler Zeller and Timothy Mozgov in years past. Uh, so talk about Rondé Hollis-Jefferson because he's kind of, he's progressing pretty well too for this Brooklyn team. Uh, he had 21.6 rebounds and three assists in that game against the Sixers. Uh, I mean, he's he's coming off as a pretty solid sixth man for this team. Yeah, he really is. And he's uh, normally a starter for us, but in his absence, uh, Jared Dudley sold into that role, uh, obviously, because one day he started off the season uh, with some injury issues with his ankle, which he sustained in a game. Uh, Jeremy Lin's uh, held exhibition game uh, overseas in, in China, I believe it was. So he's still working his way back, and this sort of performance is likely to earn him a starting role. And by the time we face your Minnesota Timberwolves, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting at that four position. Um, he by no means is the perfect sort of uh, 
power forward. He doesn't stretch the floor, but he provides really good defensive energy, probably one of our better defenders. And he's post-game, he's down low game. He's He's got a really nice fadeaway. His body movements, his hurricane, he knows how to draw a foul. You know, last season in terms of and one plays, he was one of the top 10 players in that department. So he's a very odd player. Like, think uh, it's, it's very hard to sort of pin him down and make a comparison with him, especially because his three-point shot still doesn't come along. But he knows how to hit the, the mid-range game and he knows how to use his body well to get those and ones. So let's let's talk about this matchup between the Nets and the Wolves. What are your what are your thoughts on this matchup? How do you think Brooklyn fares up against this Minnesota Timberwolves team? It, it'll be an interesting one, Rob, because I think Minnesota on paper are, are a far better, more talented squad, uh, especially when it comes to age experience. You know, being coached by a guy like Tom Thibodeau, he knows how to what he's supposed to get out of them. But the chemistry uh, around that organization, your organization right now, is is something that just we don't know about. And Jimmy Butler has been rumored to to the Brooklyn Nets as well. So there's that little interesting tidbit about you know are the uh, is that sort of going to be an issue that, that that comes into play when we we come up against you guys because you know there's always been talk of how much uh, the Minnesota have loved Karis Levert in, in years past and he's absolutely having an awesome season, putting himself in most improved player conversation. But I think it's going to come down to is how aggressive is Carl Anthony Towns going to be. Uh, Jared Allen has generally struggled against some of the big bruisers, the more talented big guys in the NBA, whether it be Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid. But Carl Anthony Towns has such a tremendous offensive ceiling and tremendous, t- tremendously well-rounded offensive skill set. Um, he can really have a night out if he wants to against Jared Allen. But Ed Davis as a capable backup will, will certainly put the physicality on, on Towns when he does have his moments as well. So uh, it'll be about... I think that's going to be the the, the fulcrum of, of who gets the, the win. How big of a night Carl Anthony Towns is. Will Jimmy Butler still be there? Who knows? It's still a few days away, but uh, it'll, it'll all play itself out. But I, I'm expecting a pretty tight contest. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this matchup. And I think the big thing for the Wolves is, you know, we've been kind of struggling at the point guard position with injuries. Uh, you know, Jeff Teague has been out now for a few games. Both Tyus and uh, Derek Rose have missed time. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what combo of point guards the Wolves are able to throw at the likes of D'Angelo Russell, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and uh, and and even some Karis LeVert because the Wolves like to run that two point guard set uh, from time to time as well. Uh, so let's wrap up the show here, wrap up this segment uh, with your prediction between the Nets and the Wolves. Who do you have? And give me give me one thing from the game, a prediction from the game that's going to surprise people. I think uh, Minnesota get the W by eight points, somewhere around the single digits range. Um, and I think that I'm going to predict a a big Spencer Dinwiddie showing. Um, he normally, uh, I think the depth in our guard department uh, certainly is a, is a real strength, like you mentioned there, Rob, uh, coming up against the Minnesota Timberwolves who have had their issues there. Even a guy like Shabazz Napier has had a real impact. So I'm predicting one of our guards to have a, have a big night out. But I still think Minnesota are a little bit too talented, a little bit too deep when it comes to their experience. And I expect them to get the win. I think that's a pretty good prediction because if, uh, if I remember correctly, the last time the Wolves took on Brooklyn, which uh, I think was was late last year, Spencer Dinwiddie put up 26 points on 9 of 14 shooting and uh, threw nine assists at us. So he uh, he tends to have pretty good games against the Wolves. So I think that's a that's a pretty safe prediction. 
He's had an awesome season. He's my pick for – he was my early pick for Sixth Man of the Year when I did a, an article for NetsRepublic.com and, and talked about it with my co-host Nick Fay on the Brooklyn Buzz. But he's been awesome so far. And he'll need to have a big night for us to even come close against Minnesota, who I still think are a playoff contender. All right. Well, uh, Jack, thanks again for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, give, us, uh, give us all the info on Brooklyn Buzz. Yeah, so Brooklyn Buzz guys, find us on all the platforms, Dash Radio, uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, subscribe there. My co-host Nick Fay as well. We're always recapping the game, similar to what the, the blokes are doing here with Minnesota. So if you're a Nets fan, definitely jump on board with that. And otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, you can find us there as well. Awesome. Thanks again, Jack. Thanks, Matt. So that does it for this week's, or this show. This was our emergency Jimmy Butler show as Again, he has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Remember, make sure to listen to our show every single week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Wednesdays, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, we are available anywhere that great podcasts are found, including now Spotify. So Spotify, iTunes, Podient, Stitcher, The Works. And until next time... Let me get a howl.